Happy New Year, everyone. Here we are. It is a brand new year, and I am particularly excited about this episode for a number of reasons, not the least of which is because it's the first one of 2022. And the number 22, I I like the number 22. Uh, It just feels so good to get 2021 behind us. Start fresh. Enjoy the new year. God. But sometimes it can be a little daunting. Yeah, a little daunting. And if you are familiar with the Western world, we practice this idea called New Year's resolution. In preparation for 2022, I thought to myself, what's one thing I can do for my wife? And that was, I could grow my biceps. I really wanted to give that to you as a gift, babe. I would have loved that as a Christmas present. Uh, It wasn't that long ago we were getting dressed together for a wonderful day, not too dissimilar to this one. And Chelsea suggests in her kind, considerate tone, she goes, you know, babe, it wouldn't be a bad thing for you to, uh, you know, do some push-ups again. And I said, excuse me. She's like, no, I just noticed that, you know, your arms, you know, could get a little bit bigger. You have annoyingly great muscle tone without having to work at it at all. But if you just do a teeny bit of work, then you look absolutely flawless. And so, yeah, I I want a flawless looking Flawless is an exaggeration that I prefer and like. Thank you for saying that. Um, So my cousin... We were together and he said, hey, do you want to do 25 push-ups right now? And I said, yes. Like Chelsea just asked me to do more push-ups. Yes, yes, yes. So we got down, we did 25 and suddenly I have adrenaline pulsating through my veins and my entire body. My brain is telling me, you did good, you did good, you did do more, do more, do more. So I look at my cousin who seems to read my mind and he goes, bro, tomorrow let's do 25 push-ups on the hour every hour. And I was like, yes, a bro. very lofty I'm goal. So doing that, right? 100% committed. Next day, it's about 7 30 at night, and he starts chuckling on the couch. And I look over at my cousin window and I say, What is it? And he goes, Bro. And I look at him and I go, What? He goes, Push ups. I go, Oh my gosh, we forgot all day. We had not done 25. Not 10, not five, not one push-up. And I think where you went wrong is that you went from 25 to, if you're going to do them every hour for 10 hours, that's 250 push-ups that you are going to attempt to do the next day without any prep work or in between. But I feel like that's what so many of us start to do when it comes to the New Year's. We have New Year's resolutions and we think, I am going to radically and completely change my life and I'm going to be a different person tomorrow. And we just set these resolutions that are completely unrealistic. And if we're really honest, they're doomed to fail before we even begin. And so today we're not going to talk about New Year's resolutions, but healthy habits. What they are, how to make them, and how to keep going. Even when it gets hard, starting the new year off right. On In Good Faith. Listen to this quote from an article in the New York Times recently. It says, why is it so hard to form new healthy habits? Behavioral scientists who study habit formation say that many of us try to create healthy habits the wrong way. Listen closely. We make bold resolutions, 25 push-ups on the hour, every hour to start exercising or lose weight, for example, 
without taking the steps needed to set ourselves up for success. There it is. There it, there it is. is. That's my problem. Doesn't that make you feel kind of good reading that, realizing that you are not alone in this dilemma, that you are part of humanity and your human nature, my human nature, it tells us to try to change everything drastically and then we fail. Yeah, and I'm really excited because I've been leaning into and actually studying habit formation and how it works. And what we're finding is this idea of giving yourself a break almost and not beating yourself up as you are leaving old habits behind and developing new ones. It's so true. I think we think that shaming ourselves will work to develop new habits. I was not trying to shame you with your biceps, by the way. I was trying to lovingly encourage you, but I think you internalized that. Well, that's very that healing to hear now. And, and shamed yourself. I, I needed that. But Thank we you. think if we shame ourselves that that will motivate us to change. But actually, both science and the biblical narrative tells us that that does not bring about lasting change. For instance, when you have the thought, oh, I forgot to do the new habit I'm trying to develop, you need to stop as simple as this sounds and give yourself credit for even having the thought. Like, oh, it came to me. All right, that is a step in the right direction. There's a scripture in the Hebrew Bible, in the Proverbs, I think it was probably Solomon, and he said, man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And whether or not this is accurate, I've always loved to apply that ancient proverb by saying this, we are predispositioned (laughs) to think plans, 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 big plans, grand plans, extensive plans, life-changing plans. I'm going to do 25 push-ups on the hour every hour for the next 25 years. And guess what God does? He directs our very next step. That's what I love about my relationship with God is he's saying, okay, let's just take the next step. And that's why we're calling this healthy habits instead of resolutions. Resolutions, even in its very nature, says I'm going to resolve to do something. I'm going to be resolute. I am going to set my willpower, grit my teeth, and do what I don't feel like doing, but I know it's going to be better for myself. And the other thing that was really significant to us as we thought about this year is that we don't want to focus on external actions. I feel like so often when Christians talk about habits for the new year, it um, would be quote unquote spiritual disciplines like, oh, reading your Bible or praying or go to church more regularly. But those aren't really the habits that we're focusing on this year. We want to focus on internal habits. We do. The internal things that really drive the external. And that's what creates lasting change. If we don't change the inside first, we'll just burn out and flake out and you'll be at eight o'clock at night and having done zero of your 250 (laughs) (laughs) push-ups. And I, I just want to say to everyone out there, to you, the listener, if you are like me and resolve is not at the top of your incredible, excellent character traits, this podcast is dedicated to you. If you are out there and you are listening right now and you have started resolutions that have lasted hours, days, or dare I say minutes, this podcast is for you because that is me in a nutshell. And for the record, our journey of faith and our practice of worship is not a resolve. It's not a resistance. It's not a reaction. It's a response. And it says this, if God has made me and designed me for love, for his love, then he wants to guide me and be involved in my daily life. And God wants me to grow. 
God wants me to progress more than I do. And though I have made all of my grand plans and they're adorable and they're cute, God wants to help me on this very day, the only day I have, to take, and it might just be one step today. One step. One step today. Give yourself credit for one step. And so I'm excited because at Church Home, the community of faith that we lead and and Chelsea and I teach and preach and communicate to, we're actually starting a series called The Habits of a Righteous Life. And we're actually going through six different habits as a response to God's creation, as a response to God activating our heart and activating our life. We may not get through all six here on the podcast, but I'd like to highlight a few. Yeah, the first one that I think is so amazing is this idea of wonder. Mm. Wonder. When I think of wonder, I think of a two-year-old at Disneyland. The first time we took our son, Zion, to Disneyland, he was two. And I actually had my camera stolen, so I lost this photo it's emblazoned in my mind. So I'm so grateful for it. And, you know, the beautiful age of two, he thought the Mickey Mouse that he saw at Disneyland was the same Mickey Mouse that he saw in the morning oh. watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And he's sitting there and it was the parade and the parade goes by and our two-year-old son sees Mickey Mouse. And what did he do? He put his hands on his cheeks, opened up his mouth and opened up his eyes so big and he was just rendered absolutely speechless Speechless. at the wonder of seeing his hero, Mickey Mouse. And I always have that picture in my mind when it comes to wonder is wide-eyed, is big-eyed, open Mm. mouth, hands on your face. I can't believe this is really happening. This is so good. This is so great. And that we just have this sense of the Bible even describes it this way, wide-eyed wonder. It is actually, I think, one of the most essential dynamics and dimensions of the human experience is actually stopping to consider the nature of the world that we find ourselves in, even creation itself, even animals, oceans, mountains, trees, rocks, rock formation, architecture. These things are wonders. You know, we have (laughs) the wonders of the world. I did a little bit of research in preparation for these talks we did with our community. Did you know there's a bird that can travel upwards of 220 miles an hour? Did you know there's a bird that falls asleep while flying 25 miles an hour? You said a bird can travel 225 miles an hour? That's right. There's a bird on this planet. That's half the speed of an airplane. Correct. How long can they sustain that pace? That I don't know. Thank you for asking Mm follow-up questions I don't have responses to. (laughs) Just curious. That's (laughs) fascinating. Isn't that amazing? That induces wonder. That's amazing. wonder. Do you know that the energy within the human body is equivalent to 30 hydrogen bombs? That you literally are the bomb? I, okay, we're not in 1997 anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said it. Isn't that great? I said that in the talk too, if you want to yeah, check I don't, it out. I don't really know what to do with that. Obviously, everyone knows this, but you know, the sun is just spewing fire and flame and heat and And yet the earth's atmosphere, almost like the hand of God, protects us perfectly so that the sun aids us rather than destroys us. I mean, there is wonder everywhere. We know more about space than we do the ocean. I love that you're pointing us to nature because Mm. so often our initial response to hearing about wonder could be, well, my life isn't wonderful. My life isn't wonderful. It's hard. It's tragic. And that could very much be true. People might be going through the worst portions of their life right now. But even going through devastating circumstances, that bird still exists. The sun still exists. 
and it, the atmosphere still protects us from the detriments of the sun and that we can still live a life in wonder that it's not dependent on our circumstances. It's not dependent on living a wonderful life that we can actually, I just, I love looking at the moon, how it waxes and wanes and every day mm. it's building or it's waning and every day it's different. It's just amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. And I think if you look at the great men and women we all admire, I think of boulevards and highways and freeways named after certain people. And oftentimes there is a similarity. And it seems to be people who have the ability in the midst of the pain and the tragedy and the loss and the calamity to see also the wonder and the beauty, who actually understand the juxtaposition between pain and majesty and beauty mm. and glory. And uh, pain oftentimes can push us to see the beauty amidst it all, that we all are here together at the same time, that God is working what is meant to destroy us and um, really divide us. And he's working it together for good. And there is so much good and there's so much beauty and there's so much wonder. It makes you pause for a second and go, why am I so predisposed? disposed to <laughs> focus only on the pain. Well, yeah, because when you talk about wonder, I think about the opposite of wonder is skepticism. Mm. That if wonder is wide-eyed, skepticism is narrow-eyed. If wonder is looking for the beauty, then skepticism is looking for the wrong. And I just wonder, <laughs> I wonder, I'm curious what our world would look like if we turned our skepticism into wonder. Why do you think we've become so skeptical or why, what makes it so hard to see the pain or to see the betrayal or to see the broken systems instead of to see the wonder? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because there's this really fascinating statement that ancient King David, who was the ancient Hebrew king who was in scripture chosen by God. And he says this, he says, I, I do not worry myself I do not engage with things that are too wonderful for me. Mm. And what he meant was there are certain things that happen in the human experience and the known universes and the unknown universes that are actually just beyond me. And I don't go there. And I think the technological age has kind of introduced us to stats, data, information, videos that are actually too much for us. Meaning it's very difficult to be shopping for your kid's baby food while also simultaneously hearing about genocide in another country. That is a lot for the human being to contain uh, on aisle seven at your local supermarket. Is that inherently wrong? No. Should we care about those fighting genocide or going through civil war or going through injustices? Absolutely. But carrying all that really ultimately is to be in the hands of of the creator and the architect of the ages. But I think sometimes we struggle with knowing where to draw lines mm. with all the data, information, and details that we are receiving. You were saying in a very nice way that access to information that we all have now at our fingertips has made us all armchair quarterbacks. Yep. And we have put ourselves all in fields that we actually aren't experts in, that we actually don't belong in. And here was a man who was the king. And he said, there's some things that are just beyond me. And part, I hear you saying, part of wonder is to recognize the things that are beyond us. I am so glad you and I are not in political governmental leadership because all I know is that's a really hard job. Really, and really I hard job. 
Speaking of things that we don't want to bring into the new year, I'm tired of criticizing our governmental leaders when I don't have a clue what they do or what they go through. Can't I instead turn that skepticism into wonder? Absolutely. And just like, man, I don't have all the data. I don't have the information. I will do my best when it comes time for me to vote, but I will actually just be in wonder at our governmental leaders and that they're doing the best that they can and just make a choice. Yeah, and ask yourself, will that help or hurt you? I mean, it's as simple as that. I do think it's also worth noting that the human condition and the human nature is what it is. There are people who live next to the Grand Canyon and then there are people who travel to see the Grand Canyon. Those people have two very different relationships with the Grand Canyon. One is like, yeah, that's the canyon I live by. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful, but I see it every day. The other is the family that just showed up in the RV and they're like, the Grand Canyon! You know, it's like the one time they'll see it in their whole life. I've never seen the Grand Canyon. We also, it's gorgeous. We also have to admit that our nature, whatever we get close to, and technology has brought us close to nearly everything, we tend to take for granted and we don't see that it's actually still full of wonder. The tide of the ocean, the sound of the wave smashing the sand is full of wonder. But if you live next to the ocean, it's just your local ocean. And yet people will fly from all over the world to see that ocean. So I think it is also rekindling again what is the aesthetic around you every day and recognizing that the beat of your heart, the growth of your eyebrows, your nose hair is a fascinating protective mechanism and system created by God so that the wrong things don't go up your nose. I mean, it's as silly as that, but actually, is it silly or is it wonderful? The idea behind this for Chelsea and I is daily, right? It's this idea of every day. First of all, it's going to be a daily habit when you keep doing it, even when you miss days. That will help, right? So I'm going to give you kind of three elements, if I can, very quickly of how to develop daily habits. Would that be okay? I would love it. Yes. Number one is give yourself credit. Number two is be careful. And number three is let yourself cheat. So it's credit, careful, and cheat. And what I mean by that is, number one, give yourself credit anytime you do it. Anytime, anywhere you do it. So good. Be very careful. That is full of care with yourself. Be full of care. Allow yourself to be like, hey, this is going to take some time. Okay? So be careful with yourself. If I put a beautiful piece of pottery that was incredibly old and fragile in your hands, you would carry it with full amounts of care. Well, you would not put it in my hands because, you know, I trip and I'm not the <laughs> most coordinated human you on the planet. just the consummate distraction to this but episode I would, I would try my best to be and careful with that pottery. But I love that board picture. It's beautiful. And then just understand that you're going to cheat. And it might not feel like a cheat, but you're going to miss moments and miss opportunities. I love that so much. Around the beginning of November, I decided I'm going to do yoga every day until the end of the year. Yes. And I thought, even if it's just a seven-minute video, I'm just going to do something. Just trying to, I have not really worked out since COVID and I'm just trying to get myself back into it. So I decided I was going to do that. And I was on it for three weeks every day, no matter what happened. At some point, one time I found a yoga in bed video, but I did it. I got That's it done. That's a true story. It's a really true story. And it's like to make me fall asleep. It's actually really nice. But then one day we had such a full day. 
I completely forgot. I woke up the next morning and realized I didn't do yoga yesterday. But because my determination was that I was going to do it every day, as soon as I missed one, I stopped. And then I didn't do yoga for the rest of the year. It was so sad because I- didn't I, know that. Yeah, I wasn't careful with myself. I didn't celebrate the rewards. I just was so- legalistic about it that I stopped just because I missed one day for not even thinking about it. And so I love that, that we can have daily habits that we're going to do our best to do every day, but they actually aren't every day. And here's what my little trick would be is if you miss a day, call it a cheat day. You know, the rock has a cheat day when he's eating, you know, we all know about the rocks cheat day. He eats pancakes and pizza and burgers and it's awesome, right? Um, Give yourself a cheat day and say, oh, that was my cheat day. No problem. And get right back on the horse, so to speak. When it comes to daily wonder, practicing daily wonder can be something as simple as look how beautiful the moon is tonight. Yeah. Wow, what a beautiful sunny day. What a moody gray twilight kind of day. Putting if it's your raining. hand on your heart. Yeah, and in Africa, rain is a sign of blessing. You know, there's so <laughs> many different ways to even admire creation, a climate. Uh, those kinds of things. And then look within yourself and you'll see wonder in your toes and wonder in your fingers and wonder in your hair. Um, Yeah, I love that. the wonder of losing your hair. You know, whatever it might be, there's all kinds of wild and crazy things to practice. So that seems pretty easy, but often overlooked. Yeah, and what I love about wonder is if we really live that way, that can lead to the other half. I'm sure we're only going to get to two in our talk today. And that is our confession, the things that we talk about. Mm. And- I know I mentioned earlier that these are internal actions, not external actions. Truly, our confession, the words that we say, are birthed with the thoughts that we think. And daily confession, I know for so many people with certain religious backgrounds, they hear the term confession Mm. and think of going to a priest and letting them know everything that you did wrong. When we say daily confession, that's pretty much the exact opposite of what we are describing. Yeah, yeah, sorry. This is not a confession of your sins. Um, Not putting that down or minimizing that, but this actually speaks of something that is probably more an actual practice of our, our daily life, and that is just the words we use. And here's a question to consider. Do you use ugly words or beautiful words? And I use those terms because they're intuitive. Somehow you intuitively know if you're using ugly words and somehow you intuitively know if you're using beautiful words. So when I told you that I wish your biceps were bigger, were those ugly words or were those beautiful words? Those were constructive, beautiful words. You meant to build up and help me and encourage me and tell me the truth full of love. The Bible says that we speak the truth in love. I would like to say, side note, if you want to tell someone the truth, make sure it's motivated by love. If you're trying to tell someone the truth, but it's not motivated by love, keep your truth to yourself. Keep your truth to yourself. Um, I think mine was a little motivated by love and a little bit of selfishness, but that's okay. Ugly (laughs) words or beautiful words. I love that you said that they're intuitive Mm. because we know if we have awakened that on the inside of us, we know when the words that we're speaking are ugly or if they are beautiful. Beautiful words build up. Mm -hmm. Beautiful words give life. Beautiful words speak 
joy and they actually change how we're thinking and feeling and they can change our emotions. And ugly words can do the same. And did you know, research shows, about 60% of the conversations, or you could say the words we use now in this modern age, is gossip. Furthermore, a recent study discovered that online, that is within the context of social media, that the conversation, the conversing, that is the interaction, not posts, but the interaction of people, that 80% of online social media conversation is gossip. And how are they defining gossip or how do you define gossip? Yeah, gossip would be talking about someone negatively when they're not present. How does that work online? I think you talk about people who aren't at least allegedly in the room. Mm. I think that's was supposed to be self-explanatory, but you know, <laughs> what do you know? What what can you say? 22 years of marriage and I still bring up stats that I think are going to impress her because I've done my research and she still looks at me like that's not an accurate stat and I don't like it, appreciate it, or recognize it. But um, thank you for that. No, that's just the way God may be uh, okay. to see holes in things. But here's the point. Whether or not the minute sliver details of that are accurate, the point is we're actually given to pretty negative words. We're given to pretty counterproductive destructive. Those are heavy labels to give to gossip. But when has gossip ever improved anyone's life? I think gossip is anything negative that you would say about somebody else, whether it's to them or behind their back. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. It's very true. And I think- 80%. No wonder our teenagers are fighting Yeah. That that was the response I was looking for about two minutes ago. I just had to- It's nice that you finally came to it. Yeah. I appreciate (laughs) that. I just had to understand it first. And then I have to understand it and then I will give you the response that you're yeah, looking yeah. for. No wonder our teenagers are dealing with anxiety and body image issues and self-doubt and self-harm. And it has all those so things. much to do with the words we use. What are mm. the words you use? What if in 2022, we, we committed to beautiful words more than ugly words? What if we even only once a day, stopped ourselves in the middle of an ugly sentence, stopped ourselves in the middle of an ugly paragraph, Mm. all right, stopped ourselves in the middle of an an ugly conversation. You know, it's like a sentence. That's really early to stop yourself. A paragraph, (laughs) okay. But how about you you could be an hour into a really ugly conversation about someone and be able to say, you know, this is not who I am which is one of our favorite things to say. Yep. You know, this really isn't who I am. And start using beautiful words. Science has shown, social studies have shown, this will make a difference and improve your human experience. And let me tell you, it'll improve the experience of everyone around you. Well, and imagine if right now with our circle of friends, with our group of friends, if we made a commitment together, because the great thing about your words is you can talk to yourself, but most often we talk to other people. If we made a pact together as a group of friends and say, hey, we want to make our words more beautiful this year. This is what beautiful means to us. Can we help each other with that so that we're not in this alone? Because changing your words is hard. Hard. It's not, it's not easy. It goes back to changing your thoughts. But I really do believe wonder is a key to changing our words. But then if we do it with a group of friends, if we do it with the people we converse with, if we do it even with our kids and our teenagers and say, hey, making fun of people, belittling others, it's not what we're going to do. That's not who we are. Let's all help each other speak words that are beautiful instead of words that are ugly. 
Oh, my word. It, it quite literally would change the world. Of course, uh, Chow, you and I believe that words made the world. Literally, words made the world. That's what we believe, that God spoke and there was light. God spoke and there was earth. God spoke and there was night and day. We believe. In fact, one scripture says that the power of death and life are in the tongue, that it can literally produce death and life. And I, I love that, that uh, I think it's on YouTube, but they show the formation of water when you speak words to it. Remember, negative, harmful, ugly words, the water got jagged and rigid. Yeah, like the Beautiful, little... Beautiful, soothing, the molecules, yeah, the right? the molecules actually were affected. They changed formation. I love it when science just proves the Bible is is right. And when it's you speak life, the, the, the water, the molecules took a beautiful form. It's really incredible. As we close out our conversation today, last question I want to lead with is if somebody feels like they've fallen off the wagon, what's the best way to get back on? If they realize I'm a weekend and I haven't had a moment of wonder and I have spoken ugly words, what's the best way to get back on? To congratulate yourself for having that thought. Love that. Wow. Hey, I'm a week into 2022 and I just had the thought that I haven't really changed anything. Well, guess what? That's, that's a change. how change happens. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, change. a change. And as silly as that sounds, have a little party. Everybody has pity parties. Why not have just a party um, minus the pity and just go, well, hey, I'm going to throw myself a little party here for a second and go, this is awesome. I just thought about it. That's where it really, really begins. And I, I urge everyone everywhere to, um, again, give yourself credit, be very careful with yourself and allow yourself to cheat. Or when you do cheat, say, all right, that was just a cheat moment, cheat day. And now I'm moving on to the next. So back to my yoga story, how much better would it have been if instead of just berating myself for missing a day and then did not doing yoga for the rest of the year, I would have said, wow. I did it. It was literally three and a half weeks in a row. I was so proud of myself. I would have thrown a party for that and realized I have changed because I am realizing today that I didn't do yoga and celebrate that. Get back on the wagon. I don't know if I like like the term wagon, but get back into yeah, the yeah. habit. Yeah, I'm and, like, or you just get rid of the wagon. Yeah, that helped too. And celebrate the change. Uh, as we conclude, toolkits. Wanting to give a really practical takeaway for creating healthy habits. The first one that we're going to give is the power of saying it out loud. And of mm. course, we've given you two of our habits and that we are enacting for ourselves and the community that we're leading. But for you, what is the habit that you want to invest in this year? And say it out loud. I want to ask you, my darling, what is a habit that you want to focus on, grow, and develop in 2022? For me, what I realize is so important is taking a moment in the morning to have a moment of wonder, to have a moment of rest, to having that set aside time that I can sit in my chair with my coffee, a quiet house, and just give myself space to actually wonder. Because I know I need to change my thoughts. I know I can be given to skepticism. And so I want to set aside a dedicated time to force myself to think thoughts of wonder. In my chair, you know what chair I'm talking about, with my coffee while everybody's asleep, including our puppy. Used to be my puppy. chair, but she took it over. <laughs> and give myself to wonder. And thank you for saying that, because actually while we're sitting here and hearing you say that, I think in a lot of ways, I want to practice rest 
at a whole new depth mm. and a whole new dimension in 2022. I want to bake in more margin, more space and places to think myself through, to rest, to turn off and relish life that is. Mm, that gets me so excited for you thinking about oh, you exercising that. That's so so beautiful and incredible. I very, really, very really excited. love that. Uh, the second tool in the toolkit, which mm. is very practical for us, is we are pastors of a church community called Church Home and that Judah is doing a series of six talks on these habits on YouTube or wherever you go, Church Home YouTube, and listen to these six talks and just let them change the way that we think in our minds so that we can begin to develop these habits. I think they're going to be fantastic. <laughs> I think, I hope so. We'll see. As long as you got your definition of gossip down right, you know, so the stat makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> see if I bring any more stats to this podcast, I'll tell you what. Uh, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening to In Good Faith. This has been a presentation of OBB Sound, SB Projects, and Cadence 13. Executive produced by Chelsea Smith, Judah Smith, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Elias Tanner, Scooter Braun, Scott Manson, James Shin, and Chris Corcoran. Produced by Grace Delia. Co-produced by Kyle Venuya of SB Projects. Produced by Lauren LaGrasso and Serena Reagan of Cadence 13. Edited, mixed, and mastered by Adam Masias. Original composition by Colin Gilliard. Production support from Rachel Cruz. OBB Sound is an OBB media company. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company.